Devoncast from Radio X. Hello and welcome to Devoncast, the weekly podcast looking at local and regional issues in Devon, the politics, the people and how decisions here affect how we live, work and enjoy our county. I'm Ollie Heptonstall. I'm Rob Kershaw. And I'm Philip Cherm. On the way this week, our final episode before the local elections, we'll hear one last battle cry from party leaders as they bid to win your vote. Also, there's yet more drama surrounding the Armada Way trees in Plymouth and stick around for the final chapter of this week's show. We speak to a famous local author who's been in Exeter. Devon Cast. From Radio X. We're into the home straight then, ahead of the local elections. Ten of our main councils are involved next week, including unitary authorities Plymouth and Torbay. On this edition of Devon Cast, we'll be hearing from the main party leaders in Plymouth, Torbay and Exeter. Each have a minute to try and convince you why they deserve your vote on Thursday. Starting then in Plymouth, Philip, give us the lowdown on where things stand ahead of polling day. Well, of course, all the parties are now in full election mode, fighting for all the votes they can possibly get. So we gave them the chance to talk to us just for one minute about why people should vote for them. First, we'll hear from Conservative Deputy Leader Mark Scheer, Labour Leader Tudor Evans and Leader of the Independent Alliance, Nick Kelly. Why vote for the Conservatives this election day? Because we have a fantastic team ready to go to bring about the changes you want and to get things done. Like delivering the free port and the new jobs that it will bring, bringing the airport back into Plymouth's control, regenerating our city centre, delivering a port strategy to make more of the Plymouth marine economy, improving transport links by dealing with potholes, no matter how deep or shallow they are, with our new pothole machine, providing the best support for over 4,700 of our elderly in the city. Providing nearly 500 packages of care for our vulnerable children. Cutting the grass in the areas you want cut. Emptying the bins, no matter what colour they are. And finally, making Plymouth safer with more CCTV cameras and working with the police. Hello, I'm Tudor Evans, leader of Plymouth Labour Group on the City Council. You know, things are really bad in the Plymouth Council right now. We've got a carnival of chaos with all these Tories falling out with each other. There's been four leaders in two years. We need stability in the council. We need a plan of action. Labour's five pledges for Plymouth reflect your priorities because we've spoken to thousands of you. It is crime and antisocial behaviour. We want to work with the police and we'll fight rising tide of antisocial behaviour and crime. Potholes and cleaner streets will improve the speed and number of potholes filled and create a clean team to clamp down on fly-tipping, litter and graffiti. New homes will get house building going in Plymouth again for social rent and affordable ownership and we'll invest in the green agenda. Plymouth is perfectly placed to benefit from green jobs and we'll help companies that create them health. We'll work with the local NHS to tackle the waiting list for GPs and dentists. Hello Plymouth residents and business owners. I'm Councillor Nick Kelly, past leader of Plymouth City Council and now the leader of the Plymouth Independence Alliance, a new group of independent councillors and candidates. If you're disillusioned with the Labour and the Conservatives or don't usually vote, we think you will be interested in voting for us. We have listened to you and your priorities are our priorities to make Plymouth a better place to live, work or visit. We will look to restore civic pride starting with the city centre and waterfront. We'll improve the basics like potholes, give you safe and clean streets and better public transport, preserve and improve our green spaces and local environment, strive for better healthcare and education across the city, 
cut Plymouth City Council management costs and red tape, offering taxpayers better value for money. Be accountable to you and spend your money wisely. Together we can make a real positive change for our city. So on May the 4th, I urge you to vote independent. Thank you. Among the others who want Plymouthians to vote for them are Ian Poyser, leader of the Greens, and Katie McManus from the Liberal Democrats. Here's what they have to say. Hi, I'm Ian Poyser, leader of the Green Party group of city councillors at Plymouth City Council. In the upcoming elections, we will continue to focus on community-based work at a ward level, re-engage with communities to rebuild trust in politics and directly improve residents' lives. To tackle climate change and the ecological emergency, people should be properly consulted, engaged, and we should be looking at how we can shape their communities with their involvement. That's why we established neighbourhood forums so that residents can have more say in how their city is run to ensure that outrage like the Amada Way tree fiasco never happens again. Vote for a fairer, greener community. Vote Green. This May, Plymouth has the opportunity to vote for positive change and demand better for the city. Plymouth Liberal Democrats understand how the lack of engagement with residents has been detrimental to the city. We hear your concerns and want to work with you to ensure the best for our city. It's why up and down the country, more and more people are voting Lib Dem as they know they will have a local representative who will get the job done. We want to see water companies clean up their mess and not get away with continuously dumping waste into our rivers and into the sound whilst making record profits. Addressing key environmental concerns is a priority for us and the top six councils in the country for recycling are all Lib Dem run or led. We want to see tree preservation orders on the remaining Grade A and B trees on Amada Way and want to fix the ongoing problems that are impacting the city and its residents. A vote for your local Lib Dem candidate in the election in May is a vote for a local community champion and someone who will fight for a fair deal for you and your community. So those are some of the key figures in some of the parties there. There are a, a third, roughly a third of the seats up for grabs. That's 19 seats. There are, In total, there are 119 candidates trying to get seats on the council. So there's quite a lot uh, quite a lot going on there, quite a lot, quite a lot of activity across all the various parties. Some of the other parties fielding candidates in Plymouth include the Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition, Change for Plymouth, Heritage Party, Reform UK and some other independents. Seven cast from Radio X. Now these elections are taking place against the backdrop of the highly controversial Amada Way tree felling in March. Uh, the wood splattered all over the enclosed section of the path was due to be cleared up this week, but Philip, there's been another twist in the tale. There has indeed. Contractors were due to be moving in to clean up all the felled trees on Plymouth Summer Way on Thursday evening. But that plan has now been postponed, and that's because of concerns about nesting birds. Campaigners won an injunction after raising concerns about the potential impact on birds, and the council's independent ecologist has asked for more time to look into that. Now, remember, this comes after council workers were actually forced to stop felling the 110 trees in the early hours of 15th of March, and that was due to a High Court injunction in the middle of the night. This latest action was brought by the organisation known as STRAW, which stands for Save the Trees of Armada Way, who say they've already consulted with experts. So... 
Plymouth City Council experts will now need to look at whether they need to review how they go about removing the felled trees. Devon Cast from Radio X. Now we're just breaking off from the main part of this week's podcast for a brief musical interlude. After we finished recording yesterday, Philip jokingly suggested that uh, the election speeches in Plymouth might sound a bit better remixed and he couldn't quite resist the temptation. So without further ado, this is the Philip Cherm remix, Carnival of Chaos. I'm Tudor Evans. I'm Ian Poyser. I'm Councillor Nick Kelly. We have a fantastic team ready to go to bring about the changes you want and to get things done. We've got a carnival of chaos. Carnival of chaos. Get things done. We have listened to you and your priorities are our priorities. We've got a carnival of chaos. Climate change and ecological emergency. The best for our city. Cutting the grass in the areas you want cut. People should be properly consulted. Plymouth is perfectly placed to benefit from green jobs. We hear your concerns and want to work with you to ensure the best for our city. We have listened to you, listened to you. We have a fantastic team ready to go to tackle climate change and ecological emergency. The best for our city. Things are really bad in the Plymouth Council right now. I'm Councillor Nick Kelly. I'm Tudor Evans. I'm Ian Poyser. We've got a carnival of chaos. We might well see that in the charts in the next few weeks. Who knows? Carnival of Chaos as remixed by our very own Philip Cherm. Right, on with this week's show then. And from Plymouth, we're heading east to Torbay. Devoncast from Radio X. Now, continuing on the theme of election previews, all of Torbay Council is up for election at the beginning of May with 36 seats up for grabs. There is no current overall control in Torbay, but the Lib Dems and the Independents came together after the last election to form a leading partnership. There's been persistent bickering between themselves and the Conservatives on how best to tackle key issues in the area, not least the ongoing housing crisis. So ahead of the election, let's hear from some party leaders, shall we? They were each given a minute to set out their stools on a special BBC Radio Devon election debate, which you can listen back to on BBC Sounds. First, Lib Dem and Council leader Steve Darling. We've been running uh, Torbay in partnership with the Independents for the last four years. It's been a very successful um, opportunity. Uh, what we've seen is Torbay actually now being shortlisted uh, by the local government chronicle as one of the most improved councils across the whole United Kingdom. Uh, if we were to get a majority, we'd still be interested in seeing how we could continue to work in partnership with the independents because we think that it's important to get people together uh, to tackle the challenges. Our key wicked issues are affordable housing. That is probably the biggest challenge that we've got across Torbay and we're keen to tackle that agenda. Sorting out our town centres, uh, we've uh, got uh, monies to do that. It's been challenging with the, uh, with the cost of living crisis and so forth of progressing that but we've got good foundations to push ahead with we're keen to make Torbay the premier resort for the United Kingdom next up is independent and deputy leader Darren Cowell as a group of independents we've worked well and strongly with the uh, Liberal Democrats forming the partnership in 2019 and depending on the results next week then we would be very keen to continue that partnership working partnership 
uh, ethos cuts through everything that we do, um, including how we support our communities, working together with the voluntary organisations to deliver support for residents, especially through the current cost of living crisis. We would continue to maintain strong financial control of our budgets and our finances, despite ongoing government pressures on, and reductions to our funding, especially around highways. And we will continue our focus on children's services, which is now rated as good. But as Steve previously said, town centre regeneration and delivery is a priority, along with affordable and social housing. And we'd be delighted to see schemes at Tormarine, Crossways, St Kilda's and others delivered in the, in the coming, coming months. The Conservatives are aiming to topple the current administration next week. Here's their leader, David Thomas. Torbay Conservatives are standing on a manifesto that has built, been built from the ground up. During the summer of last year, we delivered 80,000 surveys to residents, asking them to let us know the issues that really affected them. One of those pledges includes introducing a residence discount scheme for toilets, parking and leisure. I believe this will not only be a first for any local authority, but it will start to demonstrate a new way of working and creating a relationship with our residents that just simply does not exist. We want to restore pride back into the bay. We want to create regeneration schemes that financially stack up and deliver for our community. We want to make our town centres places that people can visit again without having a fear of crime. There is lots of work to do. However, we have a plan. We have a manifesto with specific targets that residents can measure us on. So on Thursday of next week vote Conservative and let's get Torbay moving. Neither Labour nor the Green Party have any seats currently in Torbay Council. They'll uh, both be vying for some of those next week. We hear next from Labour's Eddie Harris and then Green candidate Kate Prendergast. We would start by putting the interests and needs of the people who reside in Torbay all the year round before or at least on a par with the interests and needs of the resort's holidaymakers. There are still so many neglected areas in Torbay away from the main tourist attractions that are in desperate need of attention. Poor housing conditions, green areas not properly maintained, dirty streets, etc. So instead of using £250,000 of spare money on new lights for prominent tourist areas, we would use it to make a start on improving these neglected areas. So in the Green Party, we believe that uh, the environment is the greatest asset that uh, human beings have, and in Torbay, that is particularly the case. Uh, part of the Jurassic Coast, uh, with a beautiful suite of uh, beaches and outstanding climate, Torbay is and rightly should be one of the uh, great uh, tourist destinations in the UK and indeed the world. But uh, it seems to us that uh, that uh, outstanding environment is potentially in jeopardy. Uh, and it's something that we would, I believe, need to attend to on an urgent basis uh, if we want to keep uh, the reputation and the economy of Torbay intact. At the same time, a, a council is here for locals, for local needs. Uh, we do have ongoing issues in, in Torbay about the amount of jobs, 
available for local people. And those aren't the only parties vying for seats. Uh, next week, we've also got uh, the Workers' Party of Britain and the Trade Unionists and Socialists Coalition uh, aiming to grab some seats on the council as well. Thanks again to BBC Radio Devon for those. And as we mentioned, you can listen to that full debate on their website. Devoncast from Radio X. Rounding off our party leader pitches this week then, and it's the turn of Exeter City Council. Ollie, before we hear from them, fill us in on what's at stake and where things stand politically in Exeter. Well, Philip, Labour have dominated Exeter now for the last decade or so, I think it's fair to say. They currently hold 25 of the 39 seats on the council, with the Greens and the Conservatives both on five seats and the Liberal Democrats with two. Now, because only a third of the seats are up for election in the next few days, just 13 seats up for grabs. Labour only need to win two more seats to maintain overall control of Exeter City Council. But there are some interesting things to look out for on polling day, including how the Conservatives try and bounce back after they lost a seat last year, how the Greens fare after they gained three seats quite impressively in 2022, and whether the Liberal Democrats can add to their current tally of two in Exeter. Right, let's hear what the party leaders have to say then, starting with council leader Labour's Phil Bialik. Voting Labour means that we're on your side in the cost of living crisis. Investing over £800,000 in 100 local groups, we're committed to building 500 new council homes and refitting up to 4,000 existing homes in the council. We're working to tackle the climate crisis, bringing in solar energy into the council. We're helping everybody to be healthy and active. Labour is improving our parks, green spaces, and we've launched our own in-run council leisure services. We've built the best and first passive house leisure pool in the country, and we're investing in our community, making safer by upgrading our CCTV, opening Edwards Court, the Exeter's first extra care scheme and progressing our local plan in consulting on the new Article 4 directive for the city. These are the reasons why you should vote Labour in these elections. Next up. Anne Jobson, the leader of the Conservative group on Exeter City Council. We have a plan for Exeter to stop debts from rising. Labour have borrowed over £167 million with £3 million in debt repayment year on year. That has a detrimental effect on services. To improve refuse and recycling, under Labour, recycling rates have dropped from 36 to 25.5%. We will set a timescale for the rollout of curbside glass collection to provide genuinely affordable homes, prioritising building social and affordable homes for rent and sale with an aim of a front door onto the street and not a corridor. To improve our green environment, consulting with local residents about enhancing local green spaces and seeking to find more land for allotments. To further improve CCTV and freeze car parking charges for two years. To ensure a city centre that is vibrant, safe, exciting and clean. To work with businesses, both large and small, on a real plan that puts net carbon zero by 2030 at the heart of decision making, including encouraging developers to provide electric charging points on all new developments. And now for the Green Party's Diana Moore. We are committed to putting our communities first. Where Green Party councillors are elected, people like what they see and they want more. Our team of five city councillors have brought fresh ideas and constructive challenge to the council. And we've got things done in our communities. Addressing the cost of living crisis and tackling the climate emergency lie at the heart of our priorities. 
We'll fight for more truly affordable and decent homes in the right places and built to the highest environmental standards. We'll find ways to ensure all homes are well insulated so they're warm, affordable to heat and cut carbon emissions. And we need increased investment in our parks and green spaces to protect our waterways for people and nature to thrive. We'll continue to promote safe and healthy walking, cycling and wheeling and campaign for frequent, affordable public transport. We also think it's high time for a modern market in the city centre, a community space to support small local businesses and promote local, affordable food. So on the 4th May, vote green for a fairer, greener, healthier city. And last but not least, it's the Liberal Democrats' Kevin Mitchell. Ex-Liberal Democrats believe in a new style of politics. That is why we are part of a progressive group on the City Council, where on a daily basis we hold the Labour administration to account. We have a different philosophy on how the council should be run and believe very much that communities should come first and they should be listened to and it should be a community-led council rather than a top-down council that at times it does feel like. Basic services should be prioritised ahead of big projects such as St Sibyl's Point. And we would also ensure that we have a neighbourhood planning structure that is across the whole city so that communities feel that they are being listened to when it comes to the planning process. So please support this new way of working on the 4th of May. And it's just worth saying that uh, self-titled progressive group Kevin Mitchell just mentioned on Exeter includes the Lib Dems and the Greens. It has also featured an independent who's not seeking re-election. Also standing in Exeter, one candidate from Reform UK as well as two independents. A full list of all the Exeter candidates can be found on the local politics section of the Radio X website. Kevin Cast from Radio X. Now, there's lots of excitement and battling going on across the county, but West Devon has come together in mourning this week, Philip. It has indeed. There will be no election taking place in one West Devon ward next week following the death of candidate Neil Jameson. Now, Neil Jameson, who was standing for the Green Party, he died on Monday, 24th of April. Uh, The council is therefore legally obliged to postpone the election in that ward. Neil was known nationally, actually, for community and civil rights work. And among those paying tribute was London Mayor Sadiq Khan. So our thoughts do go out to his friends and family at this time. Devon Cast from Radio X. Rounding things off this week, then, one of Devon's most famous children's authors, Sir Michael Morpurgo, who wrote books such as War Horse, has joined literature lovers to mark the opening of a book vending machine at Exodus St David's Station, where the famous Penguin Books was dreamed up by Sir Alan Lane in 1935. He decided to start the publishing house after he couldn't find anything to read whilst waiting for a train, and of course, podcasts weren't around back then. Sir Michael recently unveiled a Penguin vending machine at St David's with its profits supporting Exeter's City of Literature project. Here he is speaking to Radio X's Josh Tate. It cost a few pence about 80, 90 years ago for books. 6p. Yes. 6p a book. And now paperback books are about 10 to 12 pounds. Do you think the price of books are affecting people reading? Well, there's no doubt about it that the cheaper they are, the more people will be able to buy them. That's for sure. Um, I would say, and it's important to say, that the library service, whether in schools or in the high street or wherever, is critically important so that even those books that are very expensive because they're big and they're fat and distinguished or something 
are free at the point of delivery. I mean, that's what's really important, is that uh, literature is not for the people who can afford it. It should be for every citizen. It's rather like the health service, free at the point of delivery. Um, and anything that makes it more available, like there and now, like this uh, extraordinary thing we just put up in, in St David's Station, is good. It's bringing books to where people are. Um, people don't go into bookshops enough, so bring the bookshops to them. It's a good idea. So there's a, a couple of children's books in the vending machine. Not enough. Do, do you think there should be much more? Well, yes, of course, because I think when you're going on a journey, very often there are children with you, and you know what you want on a journey. You want the children to be occupied. So, fine, they can eat things. But how many packets of crisps can you eat between here and London, you know? No, of course, it's great. And because you can give them the book, you can read them the book, or they can read the book for themselves. Um, no, it's a great, it's a great thing. And how, how wonderful that it's, it's there. You literally pick up a penguin book, get on a train. And I've done this. I've sat down with a good book, and I haven't really woken up properly until I got to the station the other end. And how wonderful is that for a parent? you know, to have a child who's completely occupied. And at the same time, learning stuff, you know, because books, finally, what are they? They're the pathway to knowledge, uh, understanding, empathy, all the things. And I've learned something rather wonderful. I've learned with that machine you've got in your hand, which you're recording me with at the moment, I've learned that if you press the right buttons, you can speak into it and print comes up. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I just discovered it a month ago. And it's wonderful because I've got a very bad hand. I've got arthritis in my finger and I'm finding writing really, really hard physically to do it. And I just discovered you can speak it down and it's brilliant. So I'm going to write 50 more books in a year, you know. So head to St. David's if you fancy a vending treat of a different kind. That's it from us this week. The next time we come to you will be after the elections are all done and dusted. Don't forget to cast your vote and we'll see you next time for a roundup and review of the results from across Devon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Catch the latest episode of Devoncast every Friday at radiox.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts.